Rashad. Yes. One day, I was going around and I was riding my bicycle. Mm-hmm. And when I was riding my bicycle, I approached a herd of geeses. And as I, I geeses, you say. And as I approached this herd of geeses, mm-hmm. I got off my bicycle. You got off your bicycle. And I approached them. You approached on them. foot. On foot. And I decided that I shall speak to them in the geese language. What did you say to the geeses? I went up to them and I went, hug, 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 hug! <laughs> and began to move in the custom way <laughs> of the geese flapping my arms up and down as though I was flying and waddling in their general direction. Mm-hmm. I intended to become one of the geeses. And just so you don't forget, I went, hug, 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 hug! <laughs> And approached them waddling and five my arms. And for some reason, they all left me. They didn't accept you as one of their own? <laughs> no. everybody welcome to outrospection if this is your first time listening to outrospection <laughs> we're so sorry hi <laughs> um uh now i feel like i should introduce myself but no no we're not doing that i'm not introducing myself if you don't know who i am then i'm sorry mm-hmm. so so we we've come to a conclusion a universal conclusion that is generally true for most people i would say september is the best song september is the most like and best song it's the best song time. You don't know what we're talking about. September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. You de- you probably know the song. You know the song. If you don't know September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, then we have to have a conversation. If you don't like September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, I don't like you. I would like to encourage all of our listeners to right now pause the podcast and go listen to September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. I would like to d- second that um, that encouragement. It's a great song. It is an amazing song. You should listen to it. It'll make you feel better about your life. It will make you feel good no matter how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. It's an amazing song. It's a great song. Great song. Best song. Best song. Such a good song. It is. I think it's the most universally liked song. Uh, yeah. White, black, Puerto Rican, everybody just a freaking. It's the best song. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. It's all. It's all. It's all kinds of good. Like, like, like. It's just you. Like you know, you can't turn the song on and then not start to see like people's faces light up. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 a good song. It's, I, the, it's a great song. I play that song at my wedding. I would play that song. I would play that song at my funeral. And people would smile. Yeah. Yeah. So, recently, I had a thought, and my thought was, you know, I mentioned this briefly once before on the podcast, and it was, I mentioned life-defining moments. And so, today, Rashad and I are going to go through our life-defining moments for you to hear. We're going to be changing up some names, not mentioning some names. I might mention a few names. You'll mention names of people that we are okay, but like, we're going to generally protect the privacy of the people in our lives. Yes. Rashad and I are going to go through our top 10 most life-defining moments or kind of little thingies that we think define us as human beings. We sure is. So I'm going to start. My first thing I'm going to start off with is something that most people probably don't know about me, which is might go for some things on this list, is that I was a very, very violent little fucker but from the ages of about like two to like eight. 
Like I maybe seven. I no eight. Like I was just very aggressive. I bite my sister all the time. I get in little fights at school, and I threaten kids, and they threaten me, and I'd punch them, and they punch me, and I one time almost knocked this kid's tooth out in my neighborhood. It was all good though. But I'd say that I'd call those life-defining moments and kind of a life-defining kind of set of moments because it really like you. I'd say that's a good example of me learning right from wrong, and now I'm much more mellow. I'm not a violent person at all. I have not, you know, laid a hand on someone in a while, in like a long, long while since about then, really. And I think it really changed my course because uh, if I had not been punished, if I had not been, if I had not learned my right from wrong in that early developmental stage, I would not be the kind of more the more moral person I am today, I'd, I would be in a much worse place. And so it's just kind of like a weird little kid thing, but it's how it is. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's good that you don't, that you know how to control your behavior. Yeah. I learned, taught me a lot of the self-discipline and I'm a very self-disciplined person. Self-discipline is important. Very much so. We're all Padawans. So the second item on my list is a trait of mine and kind of like a series of things as well. They, you know, when you're younger, it's hard to find certain moments, but there's more general things. And we've mentioned this before, but I am Hayden, red, green, colorblind. And that's one of the first things I can kind of remember that set me apart from my brothers and sisters that in my life, from the people I interact with. Oh, I thought you had actual brothers and sisters that I didn't know about. I just have one sibling. I was going to be very upset. No, but... It's one thing, it's one of those things that, those little minor things that sets you off, I think. Because once, once you have, like, one thing that's weird about you, I think that pushes you somewhat away from people, which makes you a little bit weirder and weirder and weirder. And as that goes on, you become weirder and weirder and weirder as you get away from, you know, the general course of society. And so being colorblind kind of made me how weird I am today, which most people would probably say I'm pretty weird. Yeah. So... I think that had something to do with it, and my and Rashad likes to make fun of me for being colorblind, which is okay. Um, you're not colorblind. It's just that we can see extra colors. You actually have the standard color, like the normalized color. It's just that all the rest of this us humans have an extra one, so our I would li- of reality is skewed. I would like the entire listening audience to please disregard the bullshit that just came out of Rashad's mouth. If you can see colors, if you can see all of the colors, then you're perception is skewed and you should probably talk to an eye doctor i'd also like people to forget that rashad ever said that or don't like that's an option too that's true the third thing on my list is a thing that most people know about because i mention it offhandedly a lot of time they're like what the fuck you did that so when i was in first grade about halfway through the year february 8th or 4th one of the two of those i was seven years old and my father had to move to China, the People's Republic of China, to a town north of Guangzhou called Zhuhai. And this is a life-defining moment for me in that kind of... I, was, I lived there for six months, and I went to a UN school, and my best friend's name was Ben, and he was from England. And most of my teachers were either Australian or Canadian or British. But what it really did, and there was Korean kids who went to the school, there were Vietnamese kids, there were Australian kids, British kids, other American kids, kids from a lot of different places. And being in that environment, I think, is really what opened up my mind to be the more worldly person I am. 
because I learned, because as a, as a young child, you believe the only world is your world, the world that you can see and perceive. But that really opened my eyes because I was surrounded by people who lived in an entirely di- who lived in entirely different worlds than from my own. And I think that changed me because it took because I could be very different. I think without moving to China, because I could be, I could be much more closed-minded and much more inward thinking than outward thinking. I think if I had not had my reality shaken up with the truth of how different and vast and diverse the world is. The fourth thing on my list is a little bit more, you know, lighter than the two things. And, but so it requires some backstory. So when I, when, like most kids, when you're little, you uh, are only friends with the people in your immediate vicinity, in your neighborhood, right? You know, you just are in immediate vicinity. So when I was little, I was friends with all the, like, the little boys in my neighborhood who were about the same age as me. And we'd all, you know, go outside and play. And those were my friends for the longest time. But then in sixth grade, I met a girl who shall not be named for, for the sake of her own privacy. We're going to call her... Give me a name, Mike. Give me a name. Ophelia. Ophelia. So Ophelia, I met Ophelia in sixth grade. She was in my science, she was in my study hall class, which was the science room, and I sat right in front of her. And, you know, I was just, I was me. I was always chatting people up. That was kind of like my thing. I like socializing. Chippity chappity. And, you know, after that, we, you know, kind of came friends. I made a little bit of a joke. I made, if you guys have ever seen Family Guy, the Consuela character, I pretended to be that character while I cleaned her desk because it was a mess and her and her friend. And, you know, as time went on, Ophelia and I became closer and closer friends. And Ophelia is one of the people that I, is, is, is her and my other friend who I had before that, which is kind of a vicinity friend, kind of not, who we're just going to call Hamlet for the sake of, for the sake of consistency, even though they're nothing alike. Also, really fuck Hamlet. But Ophelia and Hamlet are my two oldest friends that go back to sixth grade and Hamlet a little bit before then. I just want to de- clarify that I'm not saying fuck the hypothetical Hamlet for the story. I'm talking about the Shakespeare character. I'm not a huge fan, even though I'm just like him. My friend Hamlet is a great guy, and I'm also incredibly indebted to him. But, you know, becoming friends with Ophelia, I later, be- in more eighth grade, became really close with all of her friends, who all became my close friends, and some of the people I'm closest to in the world right now, and is still currently my main friend group. I'm really grateful for meeting Ophelia and becoming close with her. And, you know, they've helped me through a lot of tough times, which I'll talk about in a bit. It really, it changed the way. It gave me a real group of friends that I've been with for a long time consistently. And it was friends who weren't just based on vicinity, but friends based on shared interest and personality traits and people I could get along with. I, one time, because of something we'll get into later, Color Guard, went to Disney trip and Ophelia was also on that trip. And, you know, I, I realized something. Going to Disney World with your family is a little bit more difficult because you and your family don't necessarily have the same interests. But going with your friends is better because you guys all, if you're friends with your friends, you generally like some of the same things. Next on my list is a little thing that happened to me in eighth grade. So more backstory. In, in middle school, I kind of fell off the wagon in terms of grades. I'm a, I'm a gifted student and I was in a lot of really smart classes because of how I proved myself in elementary school and in sixth grade, but around seventh grade and eighth grade, I really just stopped caring about all that. And I let my grades suffer because of it. I was really kind of messing up the thing I had, which your middle school grades don't matter that much. 
but you should still try so you can learn the necessary things. I'd still say I am paying the price to this day for not learning the things I needed to in middle school. But my grades were truly suffering, and it was not good. I was passing, but barely. And so when I went to my parent-teacher conference in eighth grade, I didn't expect anything good to happen. It was my father. And we go in there, and I get my ass chewed apart by each individual one of my teachers. And they all basically went around saying, you know, you're a smart kid. We know you're a smart kid. We can, we, when we talk to you, we can tell you're smart. But you don't try, so we're not gonna. We're gonna recommend that you don't take any AP classes in high school, and we're gonna recommend that you, you know, you don't. We don't think you have the work ethic to really do what you should have been doing. In that moment, I just felt so kind of it. It shocked me back into reality of, oh my God, I'm going into high school. I need to get my grades and shit together so I can be as successful as I want to be. And I would like to. I'm going. I hope to write a letter, and I would. I mean, even if not, I want to thank all of my eighth grade teachers for saying those things to me as a kid then and really clearing up, you know, that I needed to actually apply myself to succeed and not just blow by life. Next thing is about halfway through my freshman year, which this is about, you know, early 2016, about April, April 21st to be exact, is when Prince died. And most people who know me, most people even refer to me as like that one kid who likes Prince. You're wearing a prince necklace right now. I am currently wearing a, a prince necklace as we talk. When Prince died, I was I was kind of familiar with Prince's music at the time. I remember, you know, we had listened to a bit of it in school for some reason because we had a weird seventh grade English teacher, Rashad and I. I love that lady so much. She Me was too. such a great person. Um, and there was some stuff that my, when my parents were introducing me to all the genres of music kind of when I was a little kid, which I got to, I, I thank my parents because they gave me a good array of music to listen to, a very wide spectrum of genres. And Prince was a little part of that because my mom had been a kind of casual into the pop Prince scene in the 80s and early 90s. And when Prince died, it was the day before we were leaving to go to my sister's college orientation thing. And I had to basically stay in a hotel room for three days. And while before we were leaving, my mother and father got into an argument and were yelling at each other. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to listen to some of Prince's music. And the song I had been introdu introduced to by a seventh grade teacher was Raspberry Beret, which is a phenomenal song, and I think everyone should listen to that. That's, I turned up that song to kind of drown out the, the sound of the argument. And from then on, you know, that weekend I downloaded a Greatest Hits album. And then from then on, like, my, in, my, peak, my interest was peaked. And now I, you know, know all of Prince's albums and know most of the words. And, you know, Prince really has become kind of like a figure of someone who I can relate to more than I've related to most people in my life because I've always found it somewhat challenging to relate to a lot of people on earth and I never have really looked up to someone but a lot of the words Prince has spoken and the instruments he's played and the songs and art he has created speaks to me in a way that's probably not special to some people but it really ch it really gave me something to hold on to in a way for me to express myself and I thank Prince for making the music he did and helping me through all the life stuff that it has helped me through, which it truly has, which we'll get into soon. A lot of breakup, a lot of heartbreak, but also a lot of joy and happiness and love. You know, Prince's music has had an irreversible and immense impact on the person I am and the morals I have and what I believe and how I carry myself and my self-confidence and what I, and I, everything I do. The next thing on my list, which is kind of a series of things, is my first relationship with a girl. We'll call her Vanity. Vanity is not in a mean way, but vanity because, well, someone out there will get what I'll call her vanity. This relationship kind of began the same time that I got into Prince, and it lasted for a year and a half. 
And it, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I really enjoyed being in that relationship for the first good year of it. And it was very interesting because that's when I got, that was, it was the, my entire sophomore year and the beginning month or two of my, of my junior year of high school. And I wouldn't, it wasn't, but the problem was it was very young and there wasn't a lot of actual, you know, romance in the relationship as you could expect. And it was my first relationship and I never really did much personally for me, I think. But it was good for me to be in and it made me, you know, it, it, it definitely attributed some ways that I really even haven't figured out to the who I am today. But what was more important was the aftermath. So me and this girl broke up. As, as as people do. As people do. And it kind of, it was, I we had just got, I thought we had just gotten over like a big fight because I had worn a tutu for Spirit Day and there was a whole bunch of things and she did not like some of the things I was doing and I thought her, and you know, but it turned out she was most, she had realized she was mostly in the relationship just to be in a relationship. And so we broke up and it really, it sent me on a downward spiral for a month because it kind of shook up things because I thought this person had really strong feelings for me, but it turns out they didn't. So it kind of shook me to my core and I wasn't expecting it. And so for about a month after that, which is the aftermath, which is really life defining, I made a fair bit of mistakes and I was very irresponsible for who I was talking to at the time and treated people unfairly and fronted a version of myself that wasn't really the true version of myself. And I'd like to apologize to any of those people. So they'll, they'll know who they are if they ever hear this. But that aftermath also led me into another life-defining event, which was the beginning of my second relationship and that eventual falling out and aftermath. But before I get to that, just after I got in my first relationship, I ended up joining Color Guard, which people who, for people who don't know, Color Guard is a kind of sport activity with a marching band. And it's those people that you see waving flags around and doing choreo and dance work and marching on the field, but, you know, guard marching. And we also use rifle and some guards use saber. And I joined that, and it was, I joined it actually with Ophelia and one of Ophelia's friends that I was close with. And that just absolutely sh changed my world. I had really found a group of people who I could be myself with and experiment with ideas and aspects of my personality I hadn't before and clothes and stuff in a group that, you know, really felt accepting and where I could put in my time and my physical work and my energy and my belief. And I thank everyone who I've ever been in guard with, even if we hadn't gotten along so much, because you guys really changed who I was as a person by giving me a really good family for the time I had there. And I ended up being captain of Color Guard my senior year, which was a rough and challenging season. But, you know, it all has changed. Guard has probably, is so life-defining for me, I can't even begin to speak on it because, you know, I've just dedicated so much of my life to it and put so much of my passion into the shows that we had in the three seasons I was there, which I should have joined my before my freshman year, but I joined as a sophomore, as a freshman, but really in more, my sophomore year. And, you know, it even helped me get into my second relationship and put me in just this group of people and some of the, my, I'd say, you know, aside from being a Ophelia's friend group, my guard friend group, I was also incredibly close with. And I joined guard partially because Ophelia and I were both planning on to and our other friend. Guard really I, responsible for a lot of the good things that I am because it took me out of even the post, the post reclusiveness. And I was in the, the downtroddenness I was before I was in that relationship freshman year, before I joined guard, before I had found Prince. And it really lifted me up and gave me a solid ground to stand on. I can't even begin to say how thankful I am for everyone I was in guard with. And then comes something that's a little bit more relevant. 
because we'll get into the the last thing that I'd say is life defining for me. But is this the last one? No, this is the second to last. Oh, okay. Penultimate. Let's go. Let's get it. Is this podcast and me being friends with Rashad? Yeah, I made the list. You did make the list. I made the list because this podcast and I I really said starting out introspection and you know being friends with Michael because now Michael and I are the closest in our friendship we've ever been and we were pretty close we were somewhat close mm-hmm. and sophomore. I'll touch more on it I'll touch more on it when we get to the yeah to my list but you know this podcast really has given me more of a creative outlet and given me something to focus on through some rough times I've been going through recently you know I'm so grateful to have Rashad in my life and so grateful to have this thing to work on with him and now he's probably one of the people I'm closest to in the world and probably one of the best friends I've ever had and so I'm really happy that I did this thing and I'm really happy I'm recording our seventh episode right now episode seven it's real it's real real it's really real 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 Mm -hmm. right now it's really real and now here's where things get sad again oh man so after about a month after girl uh vanity and I broke up Susanna which was my second girlfriend and I met through color guard even though she was not a part of it we, you know, it, it started off not good because I had been fronting that bad part of myself, as I said. But at one of our big, our big competition of the year, we got close. And soon after that, we went on dates and started dating. And that, that relationship, that beginning part, those first four months, I think are incredibly important to my life, even though they're really hard to talk about right now, because it made me a good person, because I needed that kind of redemption of love after the first heartbreak to become the immoral person I am today and how ingrained in my morals I am and how much I believe in the power of love and being more and being kind to one another and love for one another and words of compassion and words of peace and in that time period I also ingested an incredible amount of new prince music actually during this time period I actually kind of felt got less closer to Michael because I was more focused on my own thing but you know that begin those beginning months really, you know, helped me explore a lot of myself. And I'm thankful for that. But all good things they say never last. Me and Susanna recently amicably broke up due to a long series of things and mental health issues and We're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna get into that. But this is my final life defining moment was that relationship and that recent breakup. Because that's ongoing. And so this is how my life is still being defined because unlike this last breakup, I have said to this one, may I remain unshaken? And I'd like to say I have been mostly unshaken and I'm not going to let myself fall as I did last time. I'm going to continue to be the best possible version of myself and still front the morals that I had. And I thank everyone who I've mentioned in my life defining moments Okay, it's my turn. So uh, how do I want to do this? Do I want to get real, 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 real deep with it? Or do I want to be goofy? I'd, I'd be deep because I was deep. <sighs> okay, let's be real. Number one. Um, let me preface this by saying I was born in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, I'm from the DMV. I will always be from the DMV. Um, that's, all, that's my home. I love the DMV. Shout out to the DMV. Shout out to Mambo Sauce. Shout out. Shout out to shout outs. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Shout out to shout outs for making these shout outs possible. Woohoo. Okay. Um, I was born on March 2nd, 2001. My first thing on my list 
is my first thing on my list is when my little sister was born. It's relevant. I was like one and some change, probably like one and a half ish. Um, it's relevant because up until that point, I was a super quiet little baby child. I was a smart little baby child. I could have talking full sentences and like kind of carry conversations when I was one. Um, if you don't believe me, ask anyone who knew me then. They'll tell you. But I was I was a quiet one. I was like a quiet observer, look around or at the world. or, And then my sister was born. And then I stopped being that. I started becoming a little bit more mischievous, a little bit more out of there. But I really appreciate my sister because in a way she kind of, she's kind of, she kind of was like my guardian angel when I didn't know I needed one for a little bit. Uh, She kind of always would just kind of follow along with the things that I was doing and kind of make sure that I wasn't, I wasn't putting myself in certain situations. So she was keeping me in line and she was kind of following me around, but I was following her when she was following me, if that makes any sense. So that was pretty cool. My second thing is kind of goes hand in hand with what I was saying about my sister is growing up being a little weirdo. It's very important. Um, My weirdness started when I was smarter than everyone. And I know that that sounds incredibly arrogant. But in my defense, I was smarter than everyone. (laughs) Um, And that impacted the way that I processed a lot of the world because um, a lot of people didn't understand why I was so vocal, why I was so observant. Um, They didn't really understand the way that I was kind of seeing things because it was a lot of people just didn't understand the way that I processed the world. And that was life defining because it shaped the way that I interacted with people and it kind of skewed it a little bit. Um, in a way, because it kind of made it kind of made me develop this us versus them mentality early on that I'm sl- starting to move away from. Finally, um, more on moving away from that later. Um, the third thing I told you, I'm from the DMV, and one day my dad came home and he sat us all down. And he was like, "Guys, we're moving to the Midwest," and we were all pissy pissy about that you know as as children are when they find out they're leaving everything they know um moving moving out here was a huge thing because it changed everything it was the first time I was coming into a place where I was like actually like a minority and I actually felt the eyes of the world on me in a different way because of the color of my skin um which is something I don't really like to get into a whole 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 lot even though I do when I talk about it which is weird um but that was that was a big thing that I noticed when I moved out here um it was it was it was just it's just a huge contrast in the way the way of life and everything is really different out here than it was where I'm from where back in the DMV and back back in Maryland back in DC um and the adjustment to that the kind of trying to figure out who I'm going to be and how I'm going to be that person was really kind of defining to me throughout that kind of time period. Um, so I'm still kind of figuring out who I want to be, but um, I couldn't I couldn't be making that 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 discovery without having ever come out here. Uh, the fourth thing on my list 
um, every summer since I moved out here, I've worked in Washington, D.C. My grandmother has a summer camp um, through her community center called Your Community Center. The camp's called Camp on the Go. And every summer I go out there and I work with the children. Um, I have since I have since about when I was very young. Um, since I was about 12, I think is when I started working there, 12 or 13. And it was, it was, a it was important because it brought me back home every summer and being, being there over the summer, spending time with my brother who lives out there, um, spending time with my family, um, being around children, uh, helped me develop a lot of patience because really all of us are all just big children. That's really all people are. And when you learn how to deal with people who are like who are younger and you learn how people how to deal with people who aren't developed it makes dealing with people who are more developed a whole lot easier facts because it it, it kind of helps you it kind of helps you pers- put a whole lot of things into perspective when you interact with people it made me develop a big appreciation for my family and it made me develop a big appreciation for where i come from so working out there was super important the fifth thing on my list I'm going to come up with a, a pseudonym for this one because I don't know if she wants me to just be saying her name out there. The pseudonym I'm going to use is Emma. I think she'll know why if she ever listens to this. My sister runs track, and I met Emma at a track meet. She had one of those loci bracelets, you know, the little rubber ones that are, like, blue. Wait, what? You know those loci bracelets, like the little rubber blue bracelets, and they had, like, the black spot and the white spot, and they're supposed to have, like, like dirt from like the highest place on earth and like water from like the bottom of the sea. I don't know. Some, some, some shit like that. I've, I've never heard or seen of that before. What? Yeah. Absolutely foreign to me. I, that's, I don't. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to pull up a picture after that episode's over and you're going to know what we'll I'm talking about. We'll link it in the show notes. We'll link it in the show notes. Yes. Go buy them if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> we really don't give a shit. We don't give a shit what you choose to do with your money. Unless you're putting it towards bad things. Or if you're giving it to us, I, I would like yeah. that. If you'd like to give us money or sponsor the podcast, please tell us. If you'd like to give us money, you may. I'm not going to say give us money. I feel like we might get in trouble for that. Also, please share the podcast with people and share with people that you think might like it and like it, retweet it, whatever. Smash that like button. Do whatever. Just just get just get the podcast out there. If you think we good, you think we're doing something good, tell If you like that. our podcast, tell, tell everyone that you know about it right now. Pause everyone. the episode and tell everyone you know. Everyone you know goes screaming through your house. I want you to t- I want you to go to your family and tell them, "Hey, hey family, these 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 two cool ass kids have a podcast and don't use acid. They would not be okay with it, but still make the message clear." Yeah, you you, you get the gist of it. And then go screaming through your neighborhoods. Don't literally do this, but don't tell everybody that tell you Tell everyone. Know. Tell everyone about Astrospection. If oh you want to go screaming through your neighborhood, that's not on us. I feel like a prostitute right now, but I still want people to listen to this goddamn shit. <laughs> Okay, back to my story. Emma. Yeah, Emma. Uh, she had a, one of those bracelets. It was right before freshman year. I took the bracelet. Uh, Did you steal it? I didn't steal it. I just took it from her. She had it in her hand. And I you pulled a purple hand. rain? Was that... Did that happen? Uh, I guess. I mean, yeah, shit. Shit. I guess that did happen in that movie. Only this was entirely platonic. Uh, uh, I got the bracelet back. We had like a long conversation. Um, you ever meet people that kind of just like upon meeting them, like you you can feel something in their energy that's different than everyone else that you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happened there, and it was it was a big it was a big moment because 
um, we went on to be like really, really close friends. Uh, she became my best friend. She still is. My, she still is one of my best friends. I have three best friends. I'm gonna get to all of them. She moved to the West Coast recently. Um, but you know, we're still close. We still talk. Um, I love her. You know, I love. I love her a whole lot. She's a great person. Um, she's like a sister to me. And it's life defining because it was the first time I really had a friend that I was like that close with. Um, the next one, um, come up with a pseudonym for me. That's Amber. I actually was going to use that. I was thinking about that a little bit. Yeah. I met this girl called Amber. Amber was, she was cool, I guess. You know, you guess she yeah, was kind of cool. She was, she was all right. She was some slight. Who was Amber to you? Uh, as of right now, my ex-girlfriend, uh, ah. if she ever hears this, um, all, all good energy. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'll ever hear this. I'm pretty sure Amber still follows me. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's super weird. It is weird. Did she ever meet you? Once. Huh. Um. Or twice. Yeah. This was like my sophomore year of high school. Um. Sophomore year was a big year in high school. We were in AP European history together, and he, I he passed because of me. He pa- I passed entirely because of him. <laughs> Literally, I would not have passed that. Cl- There's no way. I love that class. So that was much. a great class. I was so good at that class. I taught that class after the damn I was time. Terrible at that class. Um, <laughs> um, Amber and I met freshman year. Uh, we started going out that summer. Um, uh. We broke up the next year, during sophomore year at some point. Then we got back together, kind of. I don't know. It was a weird little situation. I hate when shit like that happens. Yeah, it was a weird little, little situation where we were, um, we were kind of together. I guess I don't know. Uh, but uh, but uh, where we are not together. Eventually, we amicably split. It was a good moment. It was an, a very important thing. Um, if she's listening to this, if you're listening to this, Amber, I think you know who you are. If you don't know who you are, then that's really funny. If she doesn't know who she is. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and you have no idea who I'm talking about, that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, um, if if Vanity or Susanna ever listen to this, which Susanna will definitely know, Vanity will never listen to this. This is fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, but the point that I'm trying to get at is, um, thank you for the memories. You're the reason that I'm able to talk to girls because I was like I, I was always like into girls but I couldn't really like talk to them because I was always nervous and stuff and that broke me from my nervousness and now I can talk to girls um, which I think is kind of important I think vanity for that the next thing on the list um, probably one of the biggest things I'm dancing right now I'm doing you know why I'm dancing because it's me I'm bitch out of order oh fuck you yeah I'm sorry I had to damn you'll have your moment <laughs> Damn it. As I was saying, um, the summer before freshman year, I, me and my brother bought this little program on the computer, on the laptop called Logic Pro X, started doodling around, making little, little sounds and, and whatnots and gibbets and, and gibbets and blah, 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 blah. Do you know what a gibbet is? It's the little things in Crocs. I hate those. Um, Anyway. No, isn't isn't a gibbet also a thing they put pirates in like the little cages? Is it? What? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about pirates. Well, how would I know anything about pirates? Do I look like a pirate to you? 
Uh, no, because your hair is bleached and they didn't have that back then. Actually, they did have that back then, but it wasn't, they didn't really have it back then then, but there was, there's some evidence of Celts bleaching their hair. That's weird. Yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. Um, anyway, um, we started doodling around on this Logic Pro X thing, making some sounds and some whatnots. Um, and then around that time I was like, I want to make some songs and make a, make be rapping and rap and be a rap man, a rapster. A rap scallion. I, w- I wanted to be a rapadoodle daisy. A rap scallion. That was a pun. <laughs> a rap will still skin. <laughs> um, uh, a chicken rap. Clearly, we don't take very we don't take ourselves very seriously around here. Um, anyway, um, I, I became a rapman. I started making my raps. You know, they were bad. They were bad. They were real bad for a little bit. You can listen to them. Uh, no, you can't. You can. No, you can't. You 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 may if you like. Um, but they're still don't. out there. Don't. I would hope that you wouldn't. I would hope that out of respect for me that you wouldn't. If you really want to, you can. You should listen to it. Yeah, if you like. Actually, I, you shouldn't. I would recommend that you yeah, don't. Don't listen to. Li- but if you want, to, you can go on YouTube and find R. Davis and listen to all of his current music that he's just recently yeah released. all the music that i like is on is on youtube under r davis and currently and currently out his ep hunt and his other ep project thing king of the world yep it sure is so anyway i i i, I was like my brother told my brother i was like yo brother i want to become a raptor <laughs> that's the best one so far oh my god a raptor <laughs> anyway um it was important. It was a big deal. I made a bunch of bad songs, a string of bad songs all through freshman year. All my songs were garbage. Then sophomore year, my songs started to be less garbage. Um, and uh, as time goes on, they continue to become less and less compared to garbage. And then eventually it gained to a point where I had a bunch of mildly listenable songs that I collected into a collection of mildly listenable songs. And it was called Hunt. And it was angsty, and it was raw, and it was aggressive, and it was the <sighs> best piece of music that ever existed, ever. It was, it was, it was nice. It was okay. It was okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, link hunt. I will. We're gonna link hunt in the in and the king of the world in the description. Um, hunt. It was very important to me. Um, the whole process was important to me because it. It allowed me to be artistic in a way I hadn't been artistic before and anything that ever allowed me to do that. Part of me being weird when I was younger was that I was always into art and I liked to draw. I liked to just make art. Always, That's always just been a thing that I love doing. I have all sorts of little mini artistic projects that kind of just would happen. And this this journey of making music was the first consistent one that I started and didn't stop it. More on that as we go along. Next on the list... So I told you I have three best friends. One of them is Emma. I'm going to I'm only calling her Emma. She actually has another name, but I'm not going to name her name because I don't know if she wants me to. The other two I can name by name. Um if you listen to uh if you listen to episode 3 of this podcast, it was a very important episode to me cuz I was with two of my bestest friends that I've that I have currently. Um that's Marvin and Hayden. I met Hayden first. Huh. Um so how do I want to break this down? Um, I met Hayden sixth grade. Sixth grade. Um, we were in the same English class mm-hmm. for like same same three pod. years in a row. Um, I don't remember anything about middle school. I remember things about middle school that I'm not going to talk about. They're do, terrifying. Do They're you all remember terrifying. anything about middle school that you do want to talk about on account of the fact that I don't remember anything about it? 
uh, Rashad and I generally knew each other, and I was I I tried to be nice to him, and we were kind of, we were associates, but I would not say we had been f- close. We not have been like really true friends yet. Yeah, but we talked though. We, were we cool. talked. We, we were cool. We were we were cool. We were we were we we were cool at school, cool in the school. We weren't. We neither Rashad and I were cool in middle school. No, we weren't. We were so garbage. Yeah. Um, Both of us were pretty garbage in middle school. Yeah. I mean, um, but anyway. Um, if you peak in middle school, we can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> if you peaked in middle school, there's something seriously wrong with you. Oh, my God. That's so terrible. That's a terrible thought. Come I will love you school. as I love all my brothers and sisters here on Earth, but uh, we cannot be friends. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will love you from a distance. <laughs> from a distance. Platonically. But dear God, if you peaked in middle school, I don't know what the fuck has happened since then. <laughs> you must have been a terrible existence yeah. ever since then. Life must have been agony. Agony. Um, anyway, um, anyway, so Hayden and I were friends in middle school. Um, freshman year, um, I, I sat at his lunch table um, with Ophelia and yeah. Freshman year? Freshman year. Remember, we were, we were in the same uh, advisory. I was not in your advisory. Oh, no. I was in advisory with Ophelia. Yeah. And then we all sat at the lunch table together. Are you for, serious? Yeah. Because I remember, I remember because there was that one week where you like didn't, weren't at the lunch table. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was at that lunch table. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was when I was really depressy, depressy. Depressy, depressy. Freshman year, which I didn't talk about, but. Yeah. It's not. It I, is, I mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were, we were, we were still cool. You know, we were, I would yeah. say that at this point we were friends. like, like friends, yeah. you know, I wasn't really in their friend group just cause it was like. You I, sat next to me. I sat next to, yeah. I wasn't really in their friend group cause I don't like friend groups. I just, I never have. So sophomore year, um, we were in AP Euro and I felt like that's when we started Woo. becoming like good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We sat right across from each other and um, he's the, re- I'm the reason he passed that class. Yeah. And then junior year, I put a pin in that one. Because it didn't really become super important to me until senior year. Yeah, and I was also getting heavily involved with the the fallout with Vanity and very, very, very involved with the rise of Susanna and I's relationship. Yeah. Um, junior year is when I met Marvin. Um, and we sat next to each other in <laughs> this English is class for the whole year. This and then this. halfway through the year, he got moved to the back of the class. And that's when we became friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, we became friends one day. Uh, I don't remember. Not, that's not when we became friends. That's when I started talking to him. I was like, "Yo, Marvin, what what ethnicity are you?" And he was like, "I'm black and Mexican." And I was like, "You're black." And ever since then, we were friends. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not just gonna become friends with somebody because they're black. I know a bunch of black people are listening. Like, I just made a new friend. No. <laughs> like, like I like black people. You know, love black people. I'm a black person. But uh, we we uh, if in case you're listening and we're unclear, Hayden is not black. That's a fact, and I am. That is also a fact. But anyway, um, th- I, th- that was more that was more relevant because it was a, it was like a conversation that we kind of had, and then we just kind of just had mild conversations. Um, that was that was during sophomore year actually that I became friends with, that I became friends with uh, Marvin. So I was. I was decent friends with Marvin and Hayden throughout sophomore year. Junior year, like the whole year, um, um, I hung out with Marvin a whole lot. And that was a super important friendship because it, like, like Emma and I were good friends, but we weren't really able to hang out the same way just because she didn't really live, live around us. But uh, Marvin and I were able to be cool because Marvin, Marvin, like, lived, like, 
like 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 cl- really close to my house and so I could literally just drive over there um like literally just at, like at any point and it was just like I was welcome and it was the first time I had like a friendship that was that close and I'm still very close with Marvin he's still he's still one of my best friends he, I look at him like a brother you know um it's still every time I go over there it's it's just the same as it was when he was when he was out here you know he's in college now um and rip <laughs> rip um so that's that was that was marvin Marv, me being friends with marvin is what allowed me to become friends with hayden the way that i am right now because um senior year um Which is this year in case you weren't aware we we're both seniors in high yeah. school if you weren't aware then this is the first time you're listening to the podcast yeah because we've made it pretty clear uh-huh um senior year hayden and i you know started hanging out a little bit what 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 happened senior year that made us start hanging out? I'm really trying to figure that out. It was the latter half of second semester in senior year. This just happened, by the way. This is like less than four months ago. Yeah, we really just kind of became like best friends. Because um, <laughs> we, 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 we there were some. Level. We were always like we all like all throughout high school. Hayden and I were pretty good friends. Yeah, I showed up to the listening party for King of the World. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of when it started. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Hayden and I became like super close friends. And I also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna big, rip a big hole in this uh-huh. for the music video for Flamingo. I was the cameraman that summer. I was Christopher Tracy. Yeah, he just he just revealed himself. Yeah, now it makes the whole pseudonym that we had in the video fucking pointless. Yeah, I'm okay. I just, I didn't want to be known then, but now I'm more okay with the fame. <laughs> the, the the not fame being be non-fame because I'm not famous. But anyway. But I think it kind of, you would call me sometimes on the phone and then, you know, I'd see you at school and yeah. we'd talk and we had. We were cool. Really- we, like, we were like, like, it was cool with Hayden because every time I had a conversation with Hayden, it was a good conversation. Yeah. And that was, that's a huge thing mm-hmm. in friends is that if I can't have a good conversation with you, then we're not going to be friends. And we kind of just like picked up where we left off sophomore year. Yeah. And just, just by happenstance, you know, we were just, we just became really close. And then you know, we were like, Hey. We should write. We should make a podcast. Yeah, Michael was like, "Shit, we should make a podcast." Uh huh. And, and then was we like, started making the podcast. Then we made a fucking podcast, and, and it was it was cool. It was like you know, Hayden and I were like you know, this is just the most epic bromance that you will ever see. Mm-hmm. And as you know, as I was saying earlier, when we started making the podcast, my Rashad and I got pretty close. Now we're like bestest, the bestest of buddies. Yes, we're good. We're good pals. We're buddies. We're chums. We're like the buddies movies, except we're cuter than the puppies. <laughs> We're not cuter than the puppies. That's true. They're golden retriever puppies. You can't get much cuter than that, except for corgi puppies in Georgia. I love corgi. I love Georgia and corgis. Um, yeah. So Hayden and Marvin. That's all one under one bullet point because they all kind of happened concurrently. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are like my brothers. Um, hmm. I hung out with them on my birthday. Um, I wouldn't have rather have been anywhere else. Those that's that's mm-hmm. that's my that's my extended extended family in my in in my in my mind anyway. We ushered him into becoming a grown man. Mm-hmm. Marvin and I, the best. And you've heard Marvin before on the podcast at episode three, Soup and Sandwiches. Listen now. We already talked. To, I already mentioned that. But yes, listen. go back and listen to episode three if you want to know what Marvin's voice sounds like and his opinions on soups and sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Marvin's a great person. Mm-hmm. He is. All my friends are great people, especially me, except for Hayden. That's true. I'm terrible human being. I should be <laughs> shot. I should be shot in the streets like Stalin. Whoa, like Stalin would have done people. Damn, chill. 
That's not that Kill true. Kill me, not please. True. Hayden's a good person. Hayden's Kill good me. Um, Kill me. I didn't do this when you were going through your bullet points, damn it. <laughs> no, you were making faces the whole time. Uh, you're right. Um, anyway, um, next important moment was... Life-defining moment. Life-defining moment. It was junior year when I made King of the World. That's my EP. The second EP. The spiritual opposite to Hunt, kind of. Yeah, Hunt was all saddy and depressy, depressy, and depressy, depressy, and aggressy, 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 aggressy. And then, um, uh, I don't know. Why. Oh yeah, I met a friend, um, uh, in Virginia, um, at this camp that I went to about production because you know I was starting to get really like, really like I like the music thing. And I met- so wait, you have the audacity to 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 judge my my production, and you've been to a camp. And I haven't been to a camp. It was a week long camp. I that's a week more than I ever had. Yeah, but I was also I also pretty much knew everything going into it. Okay, continue. And then I met a pal. His name was um, Charlie. You know, he's a pretty he's a pretty cool, pretty cool dude, pretty cool person. I don't think he I don't think he identifies as he. Maybe it's they. I don't know. I'll ask him at some point, or them. I don't know. I talked to Charlie and I was like, "You wanna, you wanna, you wanna produce." Uh, you want to produce this EP that I want to do? We should work together. You're good at making sounds. And Charlie was like, yeah, let's do it. And then Charlie sent me a bunch of instrumentals, and I liked them. And I made sounds on them. I think King of the World was relevant because it was the first time that I was making good music. Like, Hunt, I, like no, good music. Hunt was okay, I think. But King of the World was important because it was like, I can make I can put these thoughts together in a way that I I I feel com- I feel s- like strongly about I feel like it was like I can make sounds that adequately express what I was trying to say and are and are good like I can like I feel proud of the content that I've put out and I felt that way when I did Hunt but I felt more of that when I made King of the World it was like a really important thing because it was like it was like I was proving to myself that I can do this thing that I really want to do. In, in making music that I like. Um link we're linking King of the World in the description also. Uh, of course. Um King of the World is is a is a nice is a nice little za- sound. I like it. Um I bought it. Yeah. You should all buy it. If you wanna if you wanna give me money, if you were if you have if you were in your wallet, if you went into your parents' room and you went in their wallet and you got the, all the monies out of their wallet and you were like, I'm gonna send this to introspection, do do me a solid and send it to me by buying the album. Support introspection. Don't steal from your parents. Or anyone. But specifically your parents. Unless they deserve it. Your parents don't deserve it, but if some people... Be, if you're going to steal, be Ant-Man. And if your parents deserve it, then... Then I'm call so, social I'm services. Sorry. I feel bad for you. We love you. Uh, the last thing that's on my list is this play that I did called Almost Main. Which I was s- fucking... All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there, Sway. Uh... I'd like to point out that Rashad's performance in this play is what fucking made it amazing. Like, I almost cried. What he did was fucking bomb. It hit me right in my fucking heart. <laughs> it was all right. That was just after Susanna had left for college, and I wasn't expecting it, and I wish she had been there with me because that's when we were dating. But, like, fuck. It was such a great moment. He was so great in it. If you're a theater kid across the country, then there's a good chance you've heard of Almost Maine. It's incredibly popular amongst high school theater productions. It's a, it's a play, and it's about all these little different vignettes or whatever. I don't really know how to explain it. Novelas. But Almost Maine, what Almost Maine did for me 
was it. The moment that it was specifically the show that was on that Friday, the the Friday performance of that show. That's um, what I was at. And what it was, it was like I felt connected to this energy that I've never felt connected to before. It's because I was there. No, it wasn't. Continue. Um, fuck off, Aiden. Um. Anyway, uh, I felt really connected to it. Um, it started to like really just kind of hit me a certain way. It hit me like it was like I felt like a connection to a group. I felt like a connection to this thing. I felt connection to the audience. Um, I could I was feeding off of their energy, and it was like all the time that I've been making art and trying to make make this connection with people because I've never really been great at just connecting with people right off the bat. It was like um what 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 is it what's going to be the thing that makes me able to connect and it was that show and that's what made me decide that I wanted to pursue acting now I still pursue music of course you know um the plan hopefully is to try and pursue acting as a career now that and it's all because of almost me and it's what made me fall in love with theater it's what made me fall in love with being an actor um it's just it made it it it, it drew me in in a way that I hadn't been drawn in before and I really, I really liked that. It was a nice, it was a nice moment. And that's my tenth thing. And that's it. That's that's ten. That's twenty in total. But ten for me. Ten for Rashad. Life defining moments of the introspection hosts. I like that. I like that too. It's good to talk about yourself a little bit. Yeah. Are we gonna talk about anything else? International Women's Day. Yeah, we can talk about that. Today is International Women's Day. Apparently, every time we record, it's either a birthday or a holiday. I'd like to take this moment to sincerely um, make a statement about women. It's not going to be Women's Day when this comes out. Um, Women go through a whole lot. Um, It's it's like it's genuinely like based on I I wouldn't know I'm not a woman, but I know that a lot of women go through a whole lot of things. There's a whole lot that goes into being a woman that is just so much to deal with, so much to kind of internalize. You know, a whole lot that you have to think about all the time, but with the double standards in society. And these are the people who are bringing children into this world and raising them up. And, you know, half the half the world's population contributing everything, you know, there just isn't like there's I can't even find the words. Women are half of the human race and they deserve to be treated as just as equal. Yeah. And I just I wanted to take a moment to say that women are important and we need to all love women because women are very important. We we're preaching all the women. That was in our a bad wor- bad way of saying what I was trying to say. Um, we it's need right. to respect women more. That's we true. We need to be kinder to women. We need to stop trying to um, trying to objectify them, and we need to stop trying to trying to make them into. Um, we need to stop looking at them as less than us as men and less than us as um, males, because we're all we're all people. And they, they deserve to be treated like people the same way that we do. Um, they deserve to be able to feel they deserve to they deserve to they deserve this kind of equity that they don't really have just because um, of the double standard in society and because of a whole lot of things. But I just want to take a moment to say that I appreciate women and I want to thank the women in my life for shaping me to be who I am. I'd like to also thank all the women in my life. To shape me who I am, and most of my the most people I'm close to in the world are women, and I owe them all. And debt I will never be able to repay for all the good they've done unto me. And here's some science for you guys. So, one of the key things in human development and the development of nations is the 
introduction of contraceptives into a society to decrease the amount of children we're having and the in the growth of women in society because that helps uh, that helps people have less children in societies where there's less equality women are often forced to have more children or expected to have more children but it's really important for human development and for the world and it's incredibly important for economies that women are treated the same way as men and allowed to have the same rights and you know allowed to live lives of their own volition and not be constrained by those social things and i think that you know as we progress more toward a world in which we are less bound by the constraints of you know people fitting into bubbles and especially between you know the bubbles the his, the ancient bubbles we had for women and the ancient bubbles we had for men i think as those bubbles move close together and we have less of those constraints we'll all be happier and we'll all function better as a human race what needs to happen is it needs to just become one bubble yeah as one bubbles bubble. do just a big bubble you blow one bubble another bubble comes in they go boom and they become one big bubble unless they all just pop that that's no irrelevant that was more of about bubbles than it was about the metaphor the bu- I, don't don't mention bubbles around us we just get too distracted on the actual concept of bubbles dude bubbles are so amazing bubbles are pretty amazing like like how did we just get from international women's day to bubbles we're oh, too shitty human beings uh, it's okay my god we're not good at this um <laughs> uh uh the point that we're trying to make is You're that right we're not good at this we're the best at this We don't want to delegitimize Women's Day by talking about bubbles because it's very important. Um, uh, I just wanted to take this moment to appreciate women and appreciate the impact that women have on our on society. Women need to be treated equally to us as men in society. Um, it's good for us as a society. It's good for unity. It's good for make. It's good for bringing minds into this world that are mm-hmm. important because you know we we can't act like men are the only ones who are going to be who are able to be smart and who are able to be scientists and who are able to be inventors who are able to be, run the country who are able to be very important be important in life like like the idea that men, that men that everything is so male dominated is is ridiculous. It's kind of it's it's stupid and ineffective to be honest. Like, like, the, like, we need to validate. We need to treat women with more validation because it's gonna, it's going to, in turn, help make society move forward faster. Because the more minds that we bring to the table, the more intelligent minds that we push forward, the more young women that that grow up and want to be scientists, and the more we allow them to do these things, want to be scientists, want to be doctors, want to be lawyers, want to be teachers, want to be all these things, want to be all these things to help advance um, culture forward. The more that we the more that we open doors for them to be able to do that the more than they'll be able to um the more that the more that society will be able to progress forward and not to mention just the all golden rule for all dudes for the patriarchy treat others the way you want to be treated yeah fuck the patriarchy fuck the patriarchy it just needs to be an anarchy it just needs to be anarchy one more thing that i want to cover on this episode before we uh before we before say we... goodbye forever no i'm kidding We'll be back. You can't get rid of us yet. We're here forever. And ever and ever and ever. Um, Oxford commas. We love them. Love them. I'm pro-Oxford comma. I'm pro-Oxford comma. Very pro-Oxford comma. If you don't like Oxford commas, you're wrong. We, we have to talk. I just wanna. I just wanna talk. Okay. I just wanna. I. I just wanna understand. Like no. Like and, and it sounds like I'm getting hyped up for no reason. But I just wanna like understand. One. I just wanna understand. Why? Why? What's wrong with them? They're good. They help. Like across the board, they're just good. They make it because it's like they they make it clear that you're not using the and like to make the 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 two statements in the list 
a one thing. Like it's 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 good. It helps make the list look more like a list and less like a like a collection of things. Like then it makes the it, without the Oxford comma to me it delegitimizes the first comma. Facts. Um. Uh. I I just wanted to say that it was very important. <sighs> I'm glad that I got that off my chest. I'm glad too. You if you don't know tense. what an Oxford comma is, we're gonna link to the Wikipedia article, and you should learn how to use it. If you don't um, use Oxford comma, you should definitely consider using it. I have no idea how I want to end this podcast.